When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast, and we have an incredible lineup coming up here we have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school fo- football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, so please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. It's something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar, and full contact, and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model, at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. Analytics really has become a big part of the game, and it's something that, you know, we did a podcast with Brian Flynn, who at the time was at Villanova. He is now as a receivers coach at Princeton, and uh, talked to us about analytics at that time and the work he had done with a previous boss, Rob Ash, who moved on to working with a company called Championship Analytics. And for those of you who don't know what championship analytics is off of the name, you've seen it. The guy's walking around on the sideline with the book or the binder on Saturdays, even Sundays. You know, those kinds of things help them drive their decisions and what they're going to do in critical downs. So we're excited to have Coach Ash back here today as our guest. And we're going to talk and focus mostly on fourth down, but we'll catch up with Coach and see what he's up to. So, Coach, great to have you back here on the podcast. Thank you, Keith. Happy to do it. We've got plenty of time these days. Yes, we do. Uh, well, <laughs> well, Coach, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, the, the analytics part of the game is growing. People are embracing it. You even see it come up in, with NFL teams you know, as, a, I guess, uh, one, of, one of their requirements of who they're going to hire, that that guy is a guy who embraces analytics, et cetera. So a big part of the game, but it's funny that you know, I'll have coaches – come on now and talk about these things in the course of a, a you know just our podcast where we we didn't necessarily 
you know, design it to talk about analytics, but, you know, high school coaches, small college coaches, every level now really starting to understand how analytics can give them an advantage. Absolutely. And there's no doubt that the trend is, is moving that direction. You know, our little company started in 2014. We had three college teams as clients. And I actually was on the other side of the, the equation at that time. I was head coach at Montana State and we signed up and we were the third school, I think, in the nation to, to sign up with championship analytics. But we thought it might help us, you know, pull out a close game with critical, good decision making based on the resources that the analytics could provide us. And that actually happened to us. And it was really revolutionary for me as a coach who had been doing this for 30 plus years, you know, to find a new tool that was, that was a game changer. And so we used it twi- two years there. And then I went to Arkansas and, and coach Bielema was very receptive and, and but they were the first SEC team to start using the analytics uh, program from championship analytics incorporated. And, and then after that season, which was 2016, then the company asked me to come over. I've got a lot of connections around the country. And so I started traveling around and visiting schools. And, you know, it's like you said, the, it's grown amazingly. We, this past year, we had 65 of the 130 FBS teams as clients. We had four NFL teams. We're anticipating, you know, doubling our NFL presence, hopefully seven or eight teams total maybe next year. We hope to have 80 of the SBS teams next year. And all those kinds of things are, you know, just proof that that teams are becoming more and more receptive to the the use of analytics. And we just happen to catch this wave at the top and we've got, we've got a great product. And so that's, that's been good. It's been a great way for teams to be able to outsource this particular aspect of their game planning and their decision-making. And we've been there to provide that assistance to the teams. Coach, regardless of the level, and I think you'll agree with this, kind of two things need to happen. Number one, you obviously got to have some data. So hopefully those are things that, you know, whatever kind of system you're using, Huddle or DV Sport or, you know, even even Exos for the big guys, that you have some data that you accumulate and you're able to look at both what you do as well as what your opponent does. And from there, even without somebody crunching all the numbers who is like some kind of statistical guru, you can start to look at things to help you make better decisions on game day. So the old by the book things that, you know, we've we've started to look at, and I know you're going to do a a webinar on the virtual summit, coachescliniccom that talks about the two-point conversion, the old, you know, two-point chart. Used to get those as a handout with about a business side card. You could put it in your wallet or have it there on game day. Those things might be a little bit outdated, and, and there's so much more that can go into this that, again, a lot of, of schools are just scratching the surface. So what things, I guess, can high school or small college coach think about in terms of starting to put their eye on what analytics can do for them? Well, yeah, let me, let me first of all I'm say this. Uh, we, you know, when we, our coaches don't have to be math majors or, or even really get down in the weeds on the, on the formulas and probabilities and win odds and all of those kinds of things. Cause we do that work for the teams, which is the beauty of what CAI does. That's our company's acronym is CAI. So, you know, what we do, we do the math every week. We do the statistics and build the charts. And then, you know, the, each team has one guy and you mentioned the binder on the sidelines. And so the guy holding that binder, which we call the game book, is is what we who we call the book guy. So the book guy just reads the chart, and so the head coach is on the sidelines, and he just gets a very simple recommendation from 
the book guy that says, hey, coach, if it gets to fourth and two or less, we're going to go for it. And this information gets communicated to the head coach on first down. So he doesn't have to read a chart. He doesn't have to know the math. He doesn't have to calculate any formulas. And it's all done in the, you know, in the calculations that are in our charts. And then the book guy can communicate the recommendation as the game goes along. And it's more than fourth downs. We're going to focus on fourth downs here, but it's more than fourth downs. It's when to call timeouts, like you mentioned, the two-point conversions, you know, clock management generally, late in the game, you know, when can you take a knee? When should you not score a touchdown? When should you allow a touchdown when the other team is about to score and blah, blah, blah. A lot of other situations that all have their mathematical correlations that, that we've done in advance. And so the coach can clear his mind and, and get those that information. Now, you mentioned high schools and small colleges. We do have a platform for high schools. We're starting in the state of Texas right now, and, you know, we're going to move to a national level on that. And so, you know, high schools, if, if you're interested, you can get on Championship Analytics websites, just championship, www.championshipanalytics.com, and, and there's a place to put in a request, and we'll get in touch with you about this. So, there is access for the smaller school programs to use some of this data to help make some decisions. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. And you and I talked about not just the situations and, and what to do in certain situations the last time, but how to practice those. And, and I thought of you here sometime during, I don't know if it was the college football playoffs. It, it was some big games. I know that where I saw that situation where you and I had talked about just, you know, having a code word that would tell your players something you could tag into a play as to when not to score, right? So that, you know, you would alert your players either before the series, during the series, whatever it might be, that uh, under no means are you supposed to get into the end zone right now because it gives the other team the ball back. And I, I've, I've, you know, I've seen that come up in games. So I think people more and more are thinking about those types of things. Oh, they are. And it's, it's beautiful to see, when teams not only, like you said, are able to calculate the situation, okay, this is this is a situation where the next first down will effectively clinch the game. And as soon as we get that first down, we'll be able to take a knee. There will be zero risk then for the rest of the game that we would fumble, lose the ball, that the other team will never see the ball again. We will automatically absolutely win as soon as we get a first down. So our charts will calculate that for the teams. And it, it's a, it says first down, go down. And when the teams have a, a code word, like you said, to communicate that out to the players and the players understand it. There was a beautiful example this year of when Memphis upset Old Miss early in the season. Memphis converted a, a fourth down late in the game, and then they got another first down. And as soon as the ball carrier got past the, the first down line, he slid down inbounds, and Memphis was able to take knees and win a five-point victory. On the other side of the coin, there was a game in the ACC this year where a team had a three-point lead and the ball carrier broke free, ran for a touchdown, should have gone down, but that extended the lead to 10 points. However, there was still a minute and 20, 30 seconds left, and the team who had just been scored against drove back down, got a touchdown of their own, cut the deficit back down to three, and then kicked an onside kick and came within an eyelash of recovering the onside kick, which would have given them the ball in plus territory down three with a chance to tie the game on a last second field goal. And all of that could have been avoided if the ball carrier would have gone down after he got the first down and the, the team that had you know, had the three point lead would have won the game by three points right there with no additional worry. So those kind of situations are the ones we're talking about where 
A, you have to understand that you're in that mathematical point in time, and B, you have to have practiced it and rehearsed it and being able to communicate it, and then C, you have to execute it out on the field. And when it all comes together like that, I know those of us that are in the business of the, of the analytics, we we high five virtually now, <laughs> but you know, and and text each other and and say, hey, this is this is great stuff to see. So. That's kind of what we're talking about with, with with that particular situation and how it all rolls in together when you have the analytics at your side. Coach, some great examples there. And I know today we wanted to focus on fourth down here. I mean, if you want to do it the extreme way, you just go like Kevin Kelly does, go for it every single time, though. Though I've seen coaches kind of try that. I'm not sure that many people other than Kevin Kelly can pull it off. And he certainly has built that into their culture and probably the understanding in the stands as well as that going to happen. And so without, I guess, putting your job on the line, that's probably not the best way to do things, but an analytical approach can help you on fourth down. Absolutely. And, you know, Kevin does a great job. He gets it right a lot of times, you know, because there are times when People in the stands are saying, I don't know if we should go for it here or not, but it truly is the right time to go for it. Also, there are other times when it would be a more prudent play to punt the ball away or settle for a field goal. You know, and that that's just, again, the analytics will make you more aggressive and will encourage you to go more on fourth down. But the analytics also will tell you when it's time to punt, when it's time to, to kick the ball away. And, and there are times when kicking and giving the ball up is the best best possible pathway to victory, you know? And so uh, it's, you know, that's, it can't be all or nothing. You have to use the, the science of it to determine when. As I look at the game, uh, Keith, there's a couple of situations, just sort of generally about fourth downs, where I think the old school football theory 101 that was, you know, taught to me when I started 100 years ago, um, you know, we always were taught that field position is everything. So, you know, when it gets to be fourth down, you kick the ball away. This is when you're in a punting situation, midfield, let's say. You kick the ball away because we all knew, and this is sort of a very generic first analytics formula that was ever applied to football, which is, you know, a team that starts a drive on the 10-yard line has a lower percentage chance of scoring than a team that starts a drive on the 20-yard line and lower than on the 30-yard line and 40-yard line. And it's a straight-line curve that goes up, you know, every – Every year you could do the stats and that those numbers are going to come out in that order. I mean, you're going to have a lower percentage chance of scoring when you start to drive further away. So those numbers weren't false, but what those numbers didn't take into consideration is the fact that when you do punt the ball away at midfield, let's say, on a fourth and one, you're accepting zero points for that possession because you're voluntarily giving up the ball. And fourth and ones are converted in college football, at least probably 75% of the time, 80% for a really good offensive team, you know, 70% for a lesser offensive team against a good defense, but somewhere in that very positive range. And so by punting it away, we're forfeiting an opportunity to keep the ball. So even though we're changing field position, we're actually decreasing our chances to win because we've voluntarily let go of the ball when we have very high percentage chance of keeping the ball. And when we keep the ball, now we have a better chance of scoring points. And, of course, it comes down to scoring points. And the more points you score, the more games you win. So we, we were missing those opportunities on not every fourth down, like we just talked about with Coach Kelly, but with 
when the yardage is short, when the yardage is favorable for the offense and you have a good percentage chance to make a, make the conversion. So fourth and ones, fourth and twos, even some fourth and threes. And then the other piece of it is, you know, as the game winds down and there's less time remaining, and let's say as the team gets, as the team gets behind, now the urgency to go for it on fourth down increases. So the, you know, the, the less time that's remaining and the more points you're behind, then the longer yardage you're going to have to accept here on fourth down to go for it. So a fourth and one in the first quarter might, it might turn into a fourth and three or four in the fourth quarter that you have to go for in order to have any kind of a chance to win the game. So it all, all of that factors into the decision. So the, that was the first area that I think we, you know, we are, the analytics are trying to change the general thought process. And field position is important, but it's not the only factor that should be considered when you're talking about punting short yardage in particular. The other area is down in the low red zone. You know, we were always taught when I was growing up, you get down there on offense, you, you know, you get to fourth down, take the points. How many times have we heard that phrase? Take the points. Right, so you you kick your field goal on fourth and one at the three yard line, and you walk away. But ironically, what have we always told our defenses? You know, hey, if the other team's in the red zone and you hold them to a field goal, that's a win for the defense. So we always told our defenses that was a win, but yet we were telling our offenses to take the points. And I really don't think you can have it both ways in the game. And but we were missing those of us, and I did it for years and years. Those of us who always took the field goals on fourth and ones and fourth and twos down deep, especially inside the five, but even inside the 10, you know, we were missing a chance to get seven points instead of three. And we didn't calculate the, you know, the ensuing situation for the other team. You know, think about it anytime the ball's inside the five and you kick a field goal, the immediate act of kicking the field goal releases that team from poor field position, okay, whether you make it or not. I mean, if you miss it, it goes to the 20. If you make it, you kick off, and they probably get it at the 25 or further. So you just gave them a get-out-of-jail-free card, and you only took three points when you had a fourth and one that you were going to convert 70% of the time and potentially get seven points instead of three, which in our game is huge. The fact that there's that extra point makes the touchdown not just twice as valuable, but three times as valuable almost as a field goal because it's going to take three possessions with field goals to outscore just one touchdown. And, you know, there are – the statistics are very interesting. On fourth and goal at the one, Keith, you have an 87% chance if you go for it on fourth and goal at the one, an 87% chance of either scoring a touchdown or getting an immediate three and out if you don't score the touchdown, or getting safety. So one of those three outcomes, all of which are very good for your team, will happen 87% of the time on fourth and goal to one, and we still have teams that kick field goals. So those two areas, you know, fourth and shorts around midfield, you know, punting, especially in positive territory, fourth and shorts there, and then the low red zone areas where we were taking three instead of seven, those two parts of the field are probably, you know, where the, the, the analytics have changed our fourth down think thought process the most dramatically. So, Coach, I think, as I mentioned, even like with a, a Kevin Kelly, there is like the team culture aspect of this. You know, this stuff can't just exist in the book and then come up on game day that 
I believe at least, players need to have this in, in their psyche, understand that this is what's going on, this is our approach. I'm not worried about the people in the stands though. <laughs> you, you could be right 90% of the time and, and still be uh, the village idiot. So, <laughs> you know, that, that part doesn't matter, but it is important that your team understands and, and probably as you and I talked about the, the last time, important that this makes it into practice week as well, that it, it just doesn't exist on game day. So recommendations on how to get those kinds of things done. Well, the first thing is that it can't be a secret. You know, it can't be like this proprietary knowledge is just the head coach and the book guy huddling with this mysterious binder and coming up with these radical recommendations. I mean, to me, the first biggest step is to communicate to every player on the team all the coaching staff, everybody needs to know that there are going to be times when we're going to go for it on fourth down and we're going to you know, let another team score or we're going to tell a guy to go down on purpose. But these are not just haphazard, crazy ideas. These are based on math and science and probabilities and statistics. And this is what we're doing, guys, and this is how we're going about it. It's particularly important for the defensive guys to be involved in this too because – you know, if they're on the sidelines and you're going for it on fourth and one at the 50 and you miss, you know, and they go out in a bad mood because you went for it and missed and they're thinking you should have punted it, you know, then that's not a good situation. They need to understand. And I always say this to the teams when I'm talking to the coaching staffs is, all right, we're on defense and it's fourth and one and the other team has the ball. Would we rather see them line up and try to go for it at the 50 yard line or punt the ball away to us? You know, fourth and goal with the one. Would we rather see him trot the field goal team out or try to go for the touchdown? Every defensive coach I've ever talked to says they'd rather see the other team kick, right? So that has to fold into the, the thought process when the defense is on the sideline and their own offense is on the field and their own offense goes for it on fourth down. They have got to say to themselves, you know, that's an offense we wouldn't want to face. That's a decision we wouldn't want to face. And so the communication is huge understanding that this isn't just a random wild idea. This is the highest percentage chance pathway for us to win the game because we have a good probability of success here. And even if we fail, we know it was the right decision. So that communication is important. And then transferring it into practice is a great comment on your part. I know at Montana state in 2013, we went for it 11 times on fourth down all season long. And then in 2014, we went for it 27 times, I think, and then 36 or 38 times in 2015. So much more aggression on fourth down. And we had to, we couldn't just run quarterback sneak or off tackle power on fourth and one every time because we were going for it so many times that would have become very predictable and not very effective. So I used to carry one fourth and one call on my call sheet into every game, and I had to change and carry literally three or four because most of the fourth, additional fourth downs we were going for were going to be fourth and ones, fourth and twos. So we had to have a much more creative playbook and call sheet for fourth down possibilities. And, you know, that, that was, then we had to practice those. So then coaches say, well, well, coach, how do you, how do you find time to add in additional practice? We're kind of maxed out the way we are where the area that you can save on is your third and long call list. I used to have a really big third and long call list because you know, third and long is a hard situation to try to convert. We wanted to have really good plays there, try to make some of those conversions to give ourselves a chance to win the game. And you still need a few of those, but once you get up close to the 50 yard line, 
if you're following the analytics, the best way to get a first down is to break that into two chunks. And so third and long becomes third and medium. You run a running play or short pass underneath the sticks, gain some yardage, move into a short yardage fourth down situation, and then have the courage to go ahead and go for it on fourth down. And you have a much better chance to convert a fourth and two than a third and 10. Right. And so the odds are with you and you're going to make that change. So you, you start practicing fewer third and long calls where you have to get all your receivers past the sticks and make sure the ball is thrown past the sticks and all the things we used to talk about and go from there on that subject. It's very interesting. And I want to give you some statistics here on, on fourth down aggression that are very interesting. Uh, but one of the things that, that we've found is that kind of a surprising correlation is that the teams that, that do this, this fourth down thought process that I've been talking about actually have fewer turnovers than other teams. Isn't that interesting? The reason is because the highest number of turnovers occur on third down. The highest number of turnovers on third down occur on third long. Okay, why? Because that's when teams typically are going to be dropping back to pass, going to be throwing the ball past the sticks into coverage that is also past the sticks. There are sack fumbles. There are strip sacks. There are interceptions, tipped balls that are picked off, whatever it is. You know, teams that on third and long are running the football or throwing safely under the sticks, setting up to try to set up a fourth down uh, conversion attempt are not putting the ball in as much jeopardy as other teams are. And the statistics bear that out. Our teams this past year in 2019, teams that were using our product for with CAI uh, turned the ball over on 10.8% of their possessions compared to 11.8% posted by teams that were not using the analytics. So this average that averaged out to about 1.5 fewer turnovers per season for teams that were using the analytics. And that, that's across the board. Some of our teams won two or three games. And some of our teams won all their games, you know, so this is not just the good teams. I mean, this is across the board. And it was interesting that there is a, a statistical correlation between turnovers and the teams that use the analytics. It, it's funny, Coach, just in talking about, you know, that one situation and how much it just changes the process for you, whether that's the practice planning, the game planning, because now you're, you're right, you're not going to take as many calls in, which you're not going to practice as much, and then the effect on, on turnovers that this is not just one down. This starts to affect as you as you implement this and you put this as part of your thought process, part of your system of how you do things, the, the effect is really global on how your team plays the game. Absolutely. And, you know, your play calling, we, we highly recommend that the communication process work in this way so that the, as soon as the first down sticks are set on the sideline and you know what the yard to gain is, we want the offense the head coach in particular and the play caller to know right away on first down what the fourth down recommendation is going to be because it can start to impact your play calling literally as early as, as first down. If you know that fourth and three or less is going to be a go, you know, on first down, it's first and 10 at the 50. I mean, you could take a shot downfield on first and 10, knowing that you're going to have three downs to come back and get the first down. And, you know, instead of waiting until it's second and two and everybody on the sideline and on the defense is yelling, waste down, 
you know, which was always the time when you took your shot and everybody knew it. It wasn't very successful. Now you can take your shot anytime if you know you're going to have an extra down compared to, to you know, what the normal thought process would be. So that's one area, again, where you could start to take it into consideration. Or you could play it conservatively and just chip away and, you know, try to inch your way through on four downs and use, try to use all four to, to get the first down. So in a lot of respects, knowing what the fourth down uh, conversion yardage is can, can impact play calling even as early as first down. Coach, uh, you and I had talked the last time, and I can't remember if if we shared that on the podcast, or maybe you just mentioned that you had some things coming for, you know, the high school and the small college level. So it's exciting to hear that uh, that is kind of part of of the deal for you guys now as well, being able to serve that part of our football community. So for those who are interested, what do they do now? How do they contact you? Yeah, I think go to go to the Championship Analytics website, championshipanalytics.com, and then there's a place there to put in a request, and it goes to what we call CAI Sales. So you just put your email address on there or phone number, and we have a we have actually a new employee in our company. His name is Tony Baccarini, longtime Texas high school coach who now is working in the Texas high schools, and really he'll service any high school in the country that's interested in this. Um, so he's doing the same job at the high school level that I've done for the last three years at the college level. And, you know, Tony will get in touch with anyone who puts their name and, and email address on the, on the form there and championshipanalytics.com and we'll be in touch. And we'll, you know, there is a high school model now that we, that we have trotted out and that we're using and, and teams are signing up. Coach, well, it was great to catch up with you. I hope you're back out on the course there soon as this wraps up, hopefully sooner than later, because I know that's an important thing for you as well. Well, I enjoy it a lot, but I, you know, I would never, I would be completely bored if I didn't have football in my life. You know, I was a, I was a coach forever and, and I still feel like I'm a coach. I coach coaches now instead of coaching players and, and staff members, you know, as a head coach. And so this has been really exciting for me. And, and, you know, I believe in it. It's something that anything, anything you do, if you have a passion about it and you believe in it, it's, it's really exciting. And then what's fun is to see our teams, you know, our teams are winning more games once they use our product, going for it on fourth down more times and, and converting more fourth downs. And so it's not just a, it's not just a hobby or, a, you know, a game or sort of a, you know, funny sideline type of game it's a, it's real and it affects the games in positive ways so for me as a coach you know I always used to love when we had designed a play and I saw the players executed and it went for a touchdown that was very satisfying even though I didn't throw the ball or catch it or run it or block that's how it, how it feels working with this analytics program watching teams make the right decision go for it on fourth down make it convert it for a touchdown that's extremely satisfying to see that to see the growth out there from something that we believe in. Coach, again, thank you for giving us the time, and certainly would love to have you come back on again and, and talk about another topic in analytics. Anytime, Keith. I appreciate it. You do a great job. Coaches, again, want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Uh, Check it out. All of our our program development for youth football 
at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.